1: You're listening to A Mamma Mia podcast From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill Your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix I'm Holly Wainwright, filling in for Key Reefs And I'm Laura Brodnick, Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. I'm very excited to be in the chair today because I'm head of content at Mamma Mia. You might hear me on Mamma Mia out loud, but today I get to play in the pop culture space with Laura and I'm so excited because I know that one of the things we're going to be talking about is Brad Pitt, which always makes my day. But also on today's show, we need to talk about the legacy of Chadwick Bosman and the media attention that plagued his appearance before his death. I have news.
0: What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. So, in the news, entertainment headlines that you need to know today. So, Channel 7 have poached the voice from Channel 9 um, in a deal that they're saying that they can produce the reality series for significantly less money this time around, but leaving the fate of the show's celebrity judges up in the air. And what they're saying is that they can kind of create it for uh, around $15 million, which is much less than the $40 million Channel 9 was spending on it, um, but it has left the kind of future of the judges, particularly Delta Goodrum, who's been on the show since... The- it first started, along with Kelly Rowland, Guy Sebastian and Boy George up in the air. But we do know with the switch that Sonia Kruger will be returning to her hosting role in the new season.
1: Oh, my God. I have one very quick question, Laura, because I know this is just a headline, but did Channel 9 willingly give it up or I thought it was a hit for them. I thought it was doing well. It was a hit when
0: it first started back in 2012 but the ratings are being declining quite steadily over the years and so a Channel 9 spokesperson has actually said in a bit of a burn to watch Channel 7 if you're reading between the lines that unfortunately due to the age of the show and the declining demographic of its profile The Voice had actually become their poorest performing financial show across their whole slate of primetime shows which is pretty big. So they wish Channel seven all the luck with their quest to try and revive yet another channel nine show so a bit of inter bickering going on there so and maybe it won't be such a financial loss if they're going to make it for such a significantly less salary there but it does mean they won't be able to afford those big high profile judges which were the only draw card for the show so it's hard to imagine what kind of form it's going to reappear in
1: i know oh i love guy sebastian i like the voice me and the kids watch guy sebastian he has to go with it anyway (laughs) next headline I have news. Brad Pitt has a new girlfriend, which many of us might have seen over the weekend, but she is married. Laura, Brad Pitt's new girlfriend, is married. She's 27 years old. She's got. At first, I thought that was the story, that she was 27 years old. She's a model. She's called Nicole Potoralski. She is married to a fancy chef called Roland Mary, who runs a fancy restaurant in Germany, which is apparently where Brad met Nicole. It's alleged that they've been dating for more than a year. And when Roland was contacted for comment by all the journos who are chasing this story, he just says no comment and hangs up the phone. He's 68, she's 27. That's her husband. He's 68, she's 27. Now she's moved on to a younger man in the form of 56-year-old Brad Pitt. Laura feels. Yeah,
0: at first, I mean, because he's photographed with, like, lots of different women over the years, and, you know, there's all these allegations that it's another girlfriend, but it never kind of comes to pass, or they qui- or they very quietly date, but this is the third time they've been photographed together, and also getting on and off flights, and the fact that he's not even trying to hide it, especially while he's going back and forth with this big court battle with Angelina Jolie, particularly this week, that's all coming to a head, so it's interesting timing that he's gone so public with her, but, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks to be very true that this time around, the rumours are true that he actually is dating this Woman.
1: I may never recover. This is <laughs> not what I had planned for Brad's A rough next Monday for you, yeah. <laughs> rough Monday for me, indeed. The MTV Music Awards are happening, Laura, really?
0: Yeah, against all odds, I know. It just feels like the entire world except Australia have just moved on with their lives and not even kind of um, paying any attention to the COVID-19 pandemic, but here we are. So yeah, they're forging ahead with a few different changes. So normally they have this huge big event in LA. This time around it's in New York because at the moment LA is a, a hotspot in the US. And instead of actually having them live, they've done this kind of weird trickery thing where most of the performances, the award presentations... And even the red carpet interviews have been pre-recorded in advance and they've just sewn it all together to make it look like everyone's at the same place that they're not. But even a lot of people like uh, Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga, have all shot a lot of their performances on a green screen. They're just being played throughout the show to make it look like it's live. So the essence of the show is there, but it's still quite a weird time. They're also not in the same place in New York. It's all been broken up into little separate pockets where different people are filming. So we've already, at the moment, a few awards have been handed out. Um, One to Taylor Swift, who won Best Direction, but she's just accepted from her home with, like, you know, no makeup and hair done and stuff. So she's not even playing the game and pretending that she's there. Oh, because
1: I have seen some red carpet pictures, Laura. So the red carpet pictures I'm seeing, are they from people pretending that they're there. Some
0: people are at these events today it, where they're doing the different screenings and some people have pre-recorded them. So yeah, it's again, it's hard to kind of tell who's where. They don't have any audiences or anything like that and then you've got like Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga are performing. They're both wearing masks. Lady Gaga's putting on a different mask every time she gets out on stage. So I think she's actually at the ah. set but it's an odd thing to go ahead with in the current climate but they obviously have gone to great creative lengths to make it feel like one live show.
1: Do you think they could do that with the Oscars Laura will they do that with the Oscars I just can't
0: see all the Oscars people dressing up in their like you know multi-million dollar dresses and pre-taping their red carpet snaps and stuff like that I think this is um maybe like a generation who's a lot of people are a lot younger they've all been doing all these like kind of things from their home over the pandemic I think maybe they're a bit more used to it but I just can't see the Oscars taking place in 10 little locations and having some people mm. accept their awards days beforehand like I think the stakes are a lot higher with the Oscars than they are with the VMAs so I just yeah it doesn't I'm look sure good but it not. is a creative way to get around the problem
1: I miss the dresses I miss the dresses. same
0: The sudden and very tragic death sending shockwaves across the country. Actor Chadwick Boseman died at the age of 43 following a private four-year battle with colon cancer. In addition to playing the comic book hero, Boseman portrayed a series of real-life African-American icons. So in sad news over the weekend, it was announced that actor Chadwick Boseman, who played a number of black icons on screen, including Jackie Robinson and James Brown, before being cast in the iconic role as King T'Challa as the superhero Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic universe it was announced that he has died from cancer um, his representative confirmed and he was only 43 years old and so obviously there's a lot of sadness around this but a huge amount of shock from fans and even his co-workers the director of his films and his close friends in Hollywood because even though he had been diagnosed with colon cancer four years prior to this um, he had never let on about his health condition while filming pretty much filming back to back all the biggest movies in the world for the last decade.
1: That's absolutely crazy. When when this news broke on uh, Saturday when I saw it, I was immediately said, oh, I didn't know that he was unwell. But nobody knew he was unwell, right? Well, I mean, obviously the people close to him did, but they hadn't been public about it. So he was diagnosed four years ago. He was filming Black Panther four years ago, wasn't he? Like it came out in 2018 it's just absolutely staggering to think that he could do all of those parts in between getting chemo treatments and surgeries and going through what he went through. It's just so sad. He's so young. And seeing all the outpouring of support and grief on social media this weekend, it was also clear that he was obviously a great guy, as well as being an amazing actor and a great advocate for Black Lives Matter and many other causes. He obviously was greatly loved but you think Laura that there's something interesting in the way that people have been reporting on Chadwick before it was revealed that he was unwell.
0: Yeah, this is, I think, the kind of, I mean, not that there's ever a lesson to be learned for anything like this, but I think there is definitely some kind of learnings from both the media and fans alike in the conversation that was had around him prior to his death, because um, I think it was at November of last year where they started, because he's very prolific on social media. He also did a huge amount of um, press for the Marvel movies and he's also was very prolific in doing um, a lot of charity work, so he would go and visit kids with cancer and do fan meet and greets and stuff like that. So he was very much in the public eye. And since November of last year, there started to be this big conversation that he had lost his kind of Marvel superhero body, that he had lost that kind of edge he had in his films. And then people started to question his weight loss and say that he looked really sickly and unhealthy. And then the conversation turned to a really dark place of people saying, alleging he was um, potentially taking drugs or living a really unhealthy lifestyle, into the fact that people started calling him crack Panther instead of Black Panther because they oh thought that his, I don't know, it's actually and I remember seeing all those headlines and I, I think also he used to sometimes delete images from his own social media when the comments got too bad about his weight loss and his appearance and especially because so much of that whole superhero rhetoric is that his costume in Black Panther is you know this sort of really skin tight muscular and so much of Black Panther was the iconic costumes and the way the action sequences were shot and the fact, and the fact that it was the first time a superhero movie had had a Black black lead and a black cast and the celebration around how that looked visually so I think when people started to see his body change that way they became quite snide and also quite angry and so a lot of that was Mars' concern and obviously it's come out now that you know he was really um, in the, the depths of his cancer diagnosis at the time and the toll of that was showing on his body and so we only know now after he's passed away that the whole time the world was mocking him for his body he was working I mean the statement from his family said that he worked through chemotherapy and he worked through all these like really intense health things because he knew how important these roles were and it was they said it was the great honor of his life to be in Black Panther and to have Mm. that legacy and so he pushed through that and never even told the director of the movie or his co-stars that he was ill in any way because he didn't want them to have to carry that burden while they were making these movies because there was so much kind of talk around the fact that if Black Panther failed at the box office there would be no more diverse superhero movies in that way. Which is not what
1: happened, right? It was an enormous success. And uh, has the Have they filmed a Black Panther 2? No,
0: that was in production. That's, again, one of the really sad things about this whole conversation. For the fellow nerds out there, they'll know that the first chapter of the, like, the Marvel saga universe has closed and the next chapter has started and his Black Panther was meant to be one of the kind of key characters in that. So Black Panther 2 was set to go ahead because it had grossed something like $700 million. It was like the fourth highest grossing movie of all time in North America. The Oscars tried to add a new category, which actually failed, mm. but they tried to Add that new category just to kind of honour Black Panther in some way because they weren't quite ready to give a superhero movie yeah. the best and Oscar award. yeah, yeah. Or, or to give Chadwick Boseman the best actor even though the Academy kind of wanted to give him that, like that's how important his performance was. So they introduced an award called Most Popular Movie which they ended up mm-hmm. having to scrap because they realised it wasn't quite going to fit in but like that's kind of the impact it had that it changed the culture. Well, it felt
1: that that category felt token, and I don't mean token in a in a a race sense, but token in the terms of like, well, this movie was amazing, but we're not going to give it a proper Oscar. We're going to give it a most popular Oscar. I rewatched Black Panther yesterday with my kids because I was obviously seeing this news Mm -hmm. about Chadwick Boseman, and I'm not a Marvel nerd like you, Laura. I'm not, but that movie is incredible. Like the the cast and the design and the, and it's just incredible and so important and the fact that it was such a massive success is brilliant and it will be his legacy. But what an extraordinary decision to keep what he was going through secret when all that pressure was coming. Because after we were talking about this, I went to look and it was, yeah it was clear that the insinuation was that he was taking drugs. And I remember something similar happening closer to home. I don't know if you remember the singer Stan Walker. You'd remember Stan. Oh, yes, yes. He was on Idol and then he went back to New Zealand and he was really sick and he lost a lot of weight and all of the tabloids were running these stories saying there's something wrong with him, there's something wrong with him and the insinuation was that he was living an unhealthy lifestyle but he was really, really unwell and it's interesting because you're kind of pushing high profile people into a corner of having to tell you something so personal and so private that also might ruin their career to be honest mm-hmm. when they don't want to but at the same time the rumors swirling that there's something wrong with you and that you're you know you've got a drug habit or something terrible like that it must be unbearable to be sitting through when you're going through that when you're at your lowest point so it is a really good reminder as you say Laura that you never know what somebody's dealing with Laura, thank you for letting me be on The Spill with you today. Oh, thanks for being here and especially for the Brad Pitt gossip. That was good. Well, I, will. <laughs> I am always here for Brad Pitt gossip, Laura, anytime. If you like The Spill as much as we do, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this show because it really helps other people find The Spill and get into their afternoon dose of pop culture as well. And you can always get in contact with us by emailing us at thespill at mamma mia.com.au. This episode of The Spill was produced by Madeline Joanu. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Na, 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 na. Mama Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.